Colin, I I don't want to be cynical, but I wonder if it is deliberately unclear. You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Before we begin this podcast, we have a quick message to pay the bills. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast, The Worship Review. This is the podcast that critically but charitably examines, evaluates, analyzes. Today, I think, I think, critiques the lyrics of those songs that we sing in churches. I am Colin. I am co-host and co-founder, co-CEO, co-executive producer of this year's podcast. I'm joined as ever by my co-host, Tyler. Hi, I'm Tyler. I'm also a co-founder. We have been doing a podcast series on excellent songs. I'll leave it to you to determine whether or not we're done with that, with how the evaluation goes of this song. And that song that we're going to do today is Thank God I Do by Lauren Daigle. Tyler, we often start... Sometimes, sometimes by... you just remind me of uh, of Mark Kermod, the, the British film critic. Some, just sometimes... Who, who is that? <laughs> Uh, he just, he's just a very, that? very sharp British film critic. Oh, I like him. He has a show called Kermode and Mayo where they talk about films, and he just has these clever little quips every once in a while. Well, I am clever, so that makes sense. So, Tyler, normally the person who brings this to the show maybe might say some things about it, and this was you. You recommended that we endure this song. So what is the... Yeah, what's this song about? Well... This song is, the answer is it depends how you look at it. Uh, but I think looking at it in the most charitable way, this song is about someone who has gone through hard times and has been carried through them by the Lord and is grateful for the Lord's continued presence in the midst of a struggle and love in the midst of um, hopelessness. This is by Lauren Daigle, and it's called Thank God I Do. <laughs> And this will be the fourth Lauren Daigle song that we've done on the podcast. Wow. We did episode 39 was her song Turn Your Eyes, which got an average of three. And then episode 48 was You Say, which got an average of three. And then episode 72 was Noel, a song that Daigle did with Chris Tomlin, and that got an average of four and a half. So... Definitely on the top half of the scale by average. Yeah. And we do that solely to pander to people because she is very popular. And so we would not want to risk offending her fans. I think, yeah, there are some artists, I think Taylor Swift is like this, where if you offend the fans, you might actually need to go into witness protection. So I think she is like that. <laughs> I think that's true in in the Christian space for some some artists as well. I think you're right about that. But and also she's becoming very, very popular. I think she is now with like a major, major, major record label. I can't remember which one, Virgin, Atlantic, one of those two. You know, she's at the peak of her game. She's got four albums out, incredible vocalist, obviously, and uh very, very popular in the Christian music world for sure, and maybe even beyond that. Okay, well, 
Tyler, I'm glad that you clarified what the song was about and um, or at least gave a, a charitable rendering of what it may be about. I think as we go through the lyrics, let's see what we can figure out. So one thing that I was struggling with with this song was actually trying to find God. So maybe that's the first question I have for you is, is God somewhere in the song? I mean, I don't see na- I don't see the, the name of Jesus. I don't know if I really see him in concept, but is, is God at least in the song? Not explicitly, no. And I had the thought too that it seems like this song is the, the name of the Lord or even a direct address to the Lord is conspicuously absent. Obviously, the <clears throat> title and the refrain use the phrase, thank God. So God is mentioned there, but because that's a turn of phrase, it's not, it doesn't hit you the same way as if it were a direct address to God. Um, yeah. Then this is like a common thing that people just say, like non-Christians and Christians say, thank God. Yes. In fact, I don't know actually how many Christians say it. I mean, I feel strange saying that because I realized I don't, I don't say that. I often say, thank goodness. Mm. I don't, I don't actually say, thank God. Yeah. I think if you say, if you were to say, thank God in a manner that is somewhat careless, then you sort of run the risk of using the name of the Lord in vain. Um, I think so. I really do. But, so as I said, God is <clears throat> conspicuously absent from the lyrics, except for that uh, phrase. But if you read these lyrics as if they are addressed to the Lord, then it does make sense. So to give an example, I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. I'd probably fall off the edge. I don't know where I'd go if you ever let go. So keep me held in your hands. Obviously, these could be lyrics that are about any strong external support, even a a boyfriend or a parent or someone like that. Um, But if you choose to read them as being described as her relationship with the Lord, then it makes sense. In fact, I think a lot about this song that's kind of hinted at subtly makes sense. Like, uh, the weight is lifted here with you. It's easy. This brought to my mind, Matthew 11, 28 to 30, where Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, uh, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So it's, it seems like there are hints toward these scriptural ideas in this song, which is why I think a charitable read of it is is a read that says this is about her personal relationship with the Lord. But that being said, if we're viewing this as being a worship song and not merely a song by a Christian, then we would expect some direct supplication to God or address to God. Take the Psalms, for example. All the Psalms either make direct supplication to God or direct reference to God, or appeal to God, or talk about God in the third person by the name the Lord, or Yahweh, or the Lord of hosts, or the God of Jacob, something like that. I think that's a that's a reasonable standard for us to have in worship music. 
What do you think, Colin? Uh, I do think it is a good standard. I also, though, I don't know. I think that the Psalms are the Psalms, and they're the Word of God. And I've heard some people say sometimes, you know, especially when a worship song is particularly vacuous when it comes to substance, you know, people will say, well, the Psalms don't mention Jesus, or the Psalms don't have the gospel in them. And it's like, well, yeah, but the Psalms are the Word of God. Like, that's not a comparison. They're not even on the same spectrum for evaluation, like a psalm and a contemporary Christian worship song, for example, or even more so a secular song. So I think your standard is a good one. I do think it's a good one, but I do think we ought to be careful about lowering the psalms to simply being a set of informal guidelines that we use to evaluate other music. I mean, ultimately, they're they're just in a different category. Does that make any sense? It does make sense, but I don't want you to... um... I don't want you to miss the bigger point that I'm making, which is we should use scripture as a guideline for determining what we sing in the church. And so even though (laughs) I'm not saying let's hold up, you know, Psalm 114 divinely inspired word of God next to a song written, you know, possibly by a pop star or possibly by a team of songwriters in the music industry. um, I'm not in any way, even by making a comparison, uh, putting them on the same plane, I think. No, I don't think you are. Um, And maybe the problem is that I said that right right after you spoke, um, suggesting that I was applying directly to what you're saying. I'm just saying we ought to be careful uh, about, like I have heard it, I have heard this sort of thing done before. Yeah. Well, and boy, I don't want to make a straw man out of it, but boy, that is a misguided criticism if I ever heard one. If if someone says the Psalms do not mention Jesus Christ, if by that they mean they don't use the name no. Jesus Christ, yeah, but if they, I, any no. cursory reading of the Psalms, you can see prophetic descriptions of Jesus. Yeah, well, it's not a, I mean, it's not a straw man in the sense that I have heard people make that argument to me um, when critiquing. Uh, it definitely is an existing argument. But uh, yeah, I, I really, I don't know. There was this line, Tyler, in the song that I wondered about, which is uh, in terms of like resolving the mystery of who this song is actually about. There's this where she says, thank God. She says, for example, I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. Thank God I do. And we presume that the you is God. But if that's the case, it would be weird to say, like, let's just change you to God or God to you. I don't know what I'd be if I didn't know God. Thank God I do. Like, that would be weird. Or I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you. Thank you, I do. Hmm. Like, It's weird to use the second person pronoun and have that be God and then immediately follow it by using the name of God in the third person. Mm-hmm. Does that make, do you understand what I'm saying? Like that, that to me seems weird. And I'm, I'm not saying she's, it seems to me like you have a couple of possibilities. One is, and maybe there are others, but I see only two possibilities really. Either she is, the you is God, and she's just kind of being careless with the way that the lyrics are, or actually the you is not God. And she's just saying, thank God in the way that anybody would say, thank God. And really the song isn't about God. I'm following your argument. Uh, it you are right that to switch from using you to say a proper noun um, 
is very odd. Um, except for the fact that thank God is a fixed expression, as we said earlier. And so it almost feels yeah. like she's switching from this personal voice to maybe a colloquialism or something right after that. Yeah. But it's just, it's a, it's at least weird yeah. though, isn't it? it I is. mean, to, if the you is God to then just say, thank God. Yeah. Instead of thank you uh, as a continuation. Yeah. Or, or just. Yes, yeah, something. I I actually had a different issue with that line, which I'll give a charitable interpretation later. But I think my my critical interpretation of this line is: um, while you don't know exactly who you would be or what you would be doing, Scripture is very clear about what what you would be in the bigger sense if you didn't know God and who you would be. You would be in your sins still and dead and you know doomed. So uh, while I'm aware that I don't know who I'd be if x means um i don't know exactly what x is but it's probably bad um we do have pretty good reason to say i have a very good idea of who i would be if i didn't know you yeah i mean i guess she alludes to this kind of thing very vaguely so in one of the lines she says um i'd probably fall off the edge right so i i don't again what's the edge is it a meta it seems to be a metaphorical edge but so there's something bad that might happen but yeah this is not very clear at all colin i i don't want to be cynical but i wonder if it is deliberately unclear <laughs> tyler why why would they why would somebody do that tyler come on now come on man maybe because it is I think, and again, I don't know this, the marketing decisions that go into every song. And I'm not saying that this is happening with this song, but I'm just saying, um, you could imagine a scenario where it is advantageous for a song that is about Jesus to also possibly be in the mind of some listeners about a boyfriend or something like that, because it, it could allow you. You mean in the mind of its teenage listeners? Possibly. Or middle-aged listeners. I don't know. Uh, all I'm saying is the song, as I said before, the song doesn't make explicit reference to God except in this passing colloquial expression. And it's possible that's an accident. It's also possible that that's deliberate because it might turn some people off from listening to it because you could listen to the song and it could be about a boyfriend and it might become your favorite song. But if it mentioned God and you're yeah. not a Christian, you might think it's not music for you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it does. I, I think we have good reason to um say that it, at the very least it is meant to I don't want to be too critical, but I, I I think at the very least it is it sounds like a song that is meant to be about God, right? We have these expressions that are common in Christian circles like my saving grace, um these expressions like you're my anchor, that that brings to mind the solid rock hymn, you're my constant, my steadiness, my shelter, my oxygen. Of course, you could in theory say these things about a romantic partner, but um these are things that Christians say about God. And and in fact, you're my safe place as Perhaps that language rubs you the wrong way, listener or Colin. Um, it certainly strikes me as a little bit um, strange. But um, Psalm 46 uses a very similar expression. Uh, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. I obviously prefer the biblical language to kind of neo hmm, neologisms, but it, it's getting at scriptural ideas. I just think the, the biggest criticism I would have of this song is that it doesn't go far enough in either direction. So like the, the, there are Psalms that go into the depths of human despair. And there are Psalms that go into the heights of praise of God. This song 
while it talks about things that the psalm talk psalms talk about like psalm 42 talking about um your tears being your food day and night the song says so many nights in tears it just doesn't feel like it's going it's cutting deep enough in either direction yeah that makes sense are there examples in the lyrics tyler that you might point to for that yeah I understand making songs approachable, but it's been a hard year is hardly <laughs> the uh, cry of, you know, despair that you might might expect. And maybe that's what this is meant. Maybe it's not meant to be a cry of despair. Maybe it's just meant to be I'm frustrated and I'm driving along and nothing seems to be going right. Um, but yeah, it so it doesn't go very far in the sadness direction, I think, actually. I mean, I'd probably fall off the edge if I didn't know you. That's scary, but fall off the edge could be anything from I might lose my mind to I might lose my life. You know, it, I, it, I don't I don't really know how to interpret that. OK, let me comment on that, because she said in an interview that the song was evidently about uh, kind of being isolated a bit during uh COVID-19 pandemic. And so maybe it's her just saying, you know, I was alone, which she says, alone so long alone. It's been a hard year. Like maybe maybe that's what that means. And, but then is the you God or is the you like her friends after seeing them finally? Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Okay, now you've given me a completely new lens to look at this song through. And it's making me rethink the phrase, I've started breathing um, and various other things. Oh, why? Hmm. Well, maybe she couldn't breathe properly until the pandemic was over. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to say anything else about this song, Tyler? There, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I Yeah, so let me continue the, the train of thought I had before. So I, I talked about the kind of language of... The supplication language feels a little bit softened, but then even so, even the hypotheticals that she entertains, um, they don't go as far as scripture goes. Um, and maybe that's okay. But like when she says, I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you, um, Paul entertains a different but somewhat similar hypothetical counterfactual in 1 Corinthians 15 when he says, if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. So he actually entertains a similar hypothetical, but then he follows it up with this truth, this punch, but in fact Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits. So the it just feels to me, that's kind of what I mean by it. I feel like it doesn't go far enough for me. But I know people that they really like this song and it, it's a real um, comfort to them. Maybe because it is vague enough that it can fit pretty much any anyone who's feeling let down. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. That's that would that kind of sums up my um, thinking. Bless you. Okay, well, for me, I'm just not, I mean, I get that we could probably assume it's meant to be a Christian song. If it is, its execution is, leaves much to be desired. Very vague, so vague that you could, you could assume all of the right things about this song. I, I don't know, it seems to go back and forth between maybe talking about being isolated in pandemic and maybe also being about dating. Like there's the line about, I've seen love come, I've seen love walk away. So many questions will anybody stay that you know so that sounds almost datey yeah yeah and it doesn't go far enough right it doesn't go far enough 
because the comfort to the Christian is that God's love will never, ever, ever walk away from you. That God's love is permanent on you. That he makes an oath and he keeps an oath. So for the song then to go into something like, I don't know where I go if you ever let go, so keep me in your hands, but doesn't say, and by the way, I know you'll never let go, just doesn't feel like it's delivering to me. Well, Colin, what'd you give the song? I hope it's the same as mine. All right. I give it one out of five, First Corinthians 7, 7, where Paul writes, I wish that all of you were as I am. Paul is referencing his singleness. This is a woman that's now in her 30s and is writing a song that might be about dating. Anyway, that's what I decided to pick. Okay, cryptic. Tyler, what did you rate the song? I'm going to give this song two out of five Vinox. Vinox. What? Why on earth would you think I would pick the same thing as you? I don't even know what that is. A Vinox is a traditional Ukrainian floral headdress or garland. Oh yeah, that was definitely going to be the other thing I was going to pick. Well, when I first saw the music video, there's that there's a piano with flowers on it and then she's got a headdress on with flowers on it and I just thought of uh, these floral headdresses that are kind of common in traditional European garb. She really likes to dress up a lot and I'm wondering if, like, why that is like, is she trying to be like a Christian Madonna or something? You know, like Madonna would wear these very extravagant outfits to perform. That was like half of the reason why a lot of people watched her is just because of all the costumes. Well, um, believe it or not, Colin, some people like to wear colorful clothes. Um, Okay. (laughs) It could be a Christian Madonna thing. These are costumes. I think... It's really hard to not compare prominent Christian musicians with prominent kind of pop musicians. And um, I think we've made the comparison to Adele on the basis of sound before, her voice being really Yeah, we did. You did. Um, But the the costuming is interesting. But that's probably a stylistic choice by the producer of the music video. Does she dress like that in concert? I haven't seen much of her. Like, I don't watch her videos unless I have to for this podcast. But every time I've seen her, I don't know, just it's like a costume. It's not just like a, oh, I'm taking us out. Listeners, thank you for enduring this episode of the Worship Review. We hope to bring more mediocre content like this to you in the future. Hope that you enjoyed this show. We look forward to being with you again next time. Take care. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.